Hey, hey. <laughs> You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Marcus Hall. I thought I'd change it up a little bit like I do from time to time. I like to play some surf music. <laughs> it's a nice little fun twisting surfing tune here. If you haven't, check us out on Facebook. Give us a like. Please leave a review. Share an episode on your Facebook or social media. Send one by text to your friend. Don't forget to check out in the description of this show and the others the links to help support. Go to paypal.me slash the kingdom project. This is listener supported podcast and it's available and free because. Listeners like you have given money to support the fees to uh, keep the hosting paid for and keep this thing up and running and going. So we are up and running for a whole brand new year now. So thank you so very much. Any more money that will be acquired will go towards advertising. All right. So I want to sort of, I want to pick pick up from the intro of the last um, episode of cast out the 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 bond woman or the slave woman I want to talk about what I was mentioning about Andy Stanley and the whole and the Ten Commandments thing all right the issue of the Ten Commandments that issue there is um <laughs> widely de- uh, debated people are are really divided uh, on that so um should we want to have that monument in our yard or schools courthouses and whatnot that's a good question and i didn't go into it i didn't address it okay so um i guess though the main thing was First, as believers, as new covenant believers in Christ, is the statement, the Ten Commandments is abolished, true or ridiculous, right? Um, Most people would say the Ten Commandments have not been nullified, okay? So it seems like the problem with statements like that were the people who have issues with that are one, people who don't understand New Covenant grace, first off, or how covenants worked in the first place. Or they're in a mixture of law and gospel, or they believe, um, and they truly believe, um, the law is absolutely necessary, that we're not under law, but it's like 100% necessary to be looked at and be studied and read and be told and reminded of over and over again to understand your worthlessness as a human being, <laughs> as a sinner. That may be a little more over dramatized, but 
a lot in the Calvinist camp of um, that's very much needed. So, and if we need it, how much? So, how much more would the world need it? Right. So, um, we we have to look. We have to look at it from a, a scriptural and logical vantage point. So, it should be necessary to understand that that it's not the case that when one is freed from the restraint of something or a legal system that that freedom then automatically implies to that person that they are now at liberty to pursue any conduct that had been prohibited under that former uh, bondage. All right. You could take, um, several illustrations but it's like it, it the speed limit here in this state of Illinois is 70 miles an hour when you cross over the state line and there's several to cross from Illinois but and I don't know the speed limits it's just an illustration all right but say you cross into another state um d- would you assume that you are now free to accelerate to 95 miles an hour no you don't (laughs) because you're aware that whether it's the same or different there's another law in that state all right that limits the speed that you should drive in just as it was from the state that you came out of okay i hope that makes sense since so if one would acknowledge the logic in, in that why why should we then as christians have a difficult understanding or in a difficulty in recognizing that that same type of principle is applicable within the realm of scripture or that of religious law so the fact that the law of Moses with its 10 commandments, right? Because 10 the 10 it's part of it, okay? The fact of it is that it was put away. It was done away with. It come to an end. You can even say it was abolished at the cross. It does not suggest that humanity then, right, is free of moral or religious so-called regulations under the Christian belief system because there is a law of Christ which which we are then um, uh, under. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 9.21, Galatians 6.2, all right? Sin is still condemned under the law of Christ, as it was under the law of Moses, but the two systems are not parallel um, in in very many many aspects. All right, so uh, there and 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 here for there's no condemnation right in those in Christ. So what am I what am I saying? If you if you've been following well the new series uh, uh, for preaching, of course there's not been a part two. We've had snowy days and whatnot, and not, have not been able to have service, but 
I'm going over the uh, the gospel, and we're starting at the very beginning. You know, the problem is that man, humanity, all of us are born with this knowledge of good and evil, and all that. Um, but it's based upon our experiences on what we decide is good and evil, not by God's will for our lives, right? Um, so here's the thing, though: forgiveness was available before Jesus within the old covenant. That's why there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation or redemption. Jesus not only forgives, but here, you know, the law could forgive the sacrifices and the temple could forgive, but it could not remove the guilt and the shame or the condemnation that the law brought along with your sin, nor could it remove the sin problem. But through Jesus, that is possible. That's why you're born again, made a new creation. Okay. So when you have the issue of the 10 commandments at Mount Sinai in Exodus 20, um, this, this, uh, this didn't really commence the divine law against murder or theft because murder had already been evil centuries before the Ten Commandments were given. When Cain killed Abel, it was wrong, right? Uh, and the the command of the Decalogue, you shall not murder, merely just codified it, a moral imperative that was already in force. And the issue is not what were the divine requirements of the older of the fast or what will be obligations now or for the future the crucial question actually should be what is the will of god for humanity within the framework of the law under which he currently lives right now adam was not required to circumcise cain and abel that mandate came later The Israelites were obligated to offer animal sacrifices. Christians aren't. Today, the sinner is commanded to be baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. But no such um, command or ordinance was enforced under the law of Moses. Right? So the point is this, that one, one is not... Anyone isn't at liberty to just dive into the Bible, find a command, and then just impose it onto someone or a group of people as a sacred obligation, right? Rather, the person who knows Scripture, studies it, and rightly rightly divides the Word of God should ask, when and to whom did this commandment apply? All right, so the book... Of Acts contains the historical record of the establishment and growth of Jesus's uh, church and Christianity within the first century. And the book of Acts spans a time of 30 years of New Testament history. And there's not one single reference in the book of Acts that indicates that the early church, under their apostolic oversight assembled 
for worship on the Sabbath day, right? There's about a half a dozen times references is made to Paul entering in various synagogues uh, and to, to instruct the Jews assembled on, on that day. And that is understandable since the synagogue would constitute a, a ready-made Jewish audience. Therefore, that would give Paul the opportunities for speaking were, were uh, uh, readily available then um, uh, to, to him because he would have been a visitor. So in this connection, it's important to, to take note then that the synagogue exercises on the Sabbath were not even for the, the, the purpose of public worship, but actually for instruction and teaching. Um, so the, the, the fact, the point is, is that the synagogue arrangement itself was not, was not even a part of the Mosaic legal system. But it, it evolved in the interbiblical area as a teaching model. All right. So, um, and also there, there is plenty of instruction or command in the New Testament that deals with, um, if you want you know, religious, yes, religious. All right. Don't take religious in the connotation of, of, of a negative sense here, but there's plenty of instruction dealing with that and moral evils. Um, yeah, moral evils, right? Um, that that had by the not like nine of the ten commandments. There's um, commands against the worship of idols, um, and and murder and stealing and lying and all that. Yet. But there's no solitary New Testament passage that imposes Sabbath observance upon a Christian either. So the point that, like with Paul, Paul plainly declared that no Christian should be judged or condemned for failing to observe the Sabbath, or a statement that, um, or that's a statement that never would have been made if the law of Moses had been binding when the apostle penned that letter. And it's in Colossians 2. So, um, it, it's, there's no, there's no biblical case then that could be made then even for the defense of a Christian Sabbath keeping, all right? However, uh, that still doesn't answer the question, but but it does. It's a, like it does to me. It should be clear cut. If that is not binding, then the rest of the Ten Commandments aren't binding because <laughs> this is one of the Ten Commandments, right? So I would think, or I would say that with the new covenant, that's our interpretive lens for the old, and the news using the old a lot to make a lot of points, and there was types and shadows, and Jesus comes as the anti-type. He is the substance. 
why go back to why even have him and drag him back into this old stuff? So when we're told by Paul that the, uh, that the law is a ministration of death. So why why would why would people be clamoring then to have a ministration of death be posted in public places? <laughs> well, we know that the Ten Commandments were given by God to the Israelite people, right? And they were fo- this was fo- followed their exodus from from. Egyptian bondage and these laws embodied both religious and moral obligations and there was nothing um, evil about it or about even uh, about the Decalogue its weakness was in the fact that it possessed no permanent remedy for those who broke the commandments as I have stated earlier so and if you if, you, if the the remedy was actually death, <laughs> that whole mosaic regime had had only the blood of bulls and goats, and that could never take away any sin. So these commandments were really merely the core of a larger body of um, legal regulations of the entire mosaic law or system right they were never intended to be the law as a whole now people will separate and they divide it into three and i don't know why but to say that the the the, to separate the moral law from the ceremonial law um is a little artificial to do um so the, you, there are people who contend that that only the Ten Commandments re, remain obligatory. Uh, obligatory. <laughs> I can't talk. An obligation today, but they oppose you know this, that, the other, right? And say no, 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 right? There are people who want to use the law for several different things. They want um, tattoos, Leviticus 19, tattoos then, right? Um, but also, we have to understand the fact that if if we are hold to one, we, are, we have to hold to all because that's what it says. <laughs> um, so, uh, a woman on her menstrual cycle then would have to be unclean. She is not allowed to do she's got to be put up and kept away because anything that would come near her or touch her or anybody that touches her would have to be unclean would be claimed unclean then as well there's so many things and they all go together that's all there the the, the 10 commandments are along with those commandments there's 613 of them and so the death the death penalty was also attached to each of the 10 commandments and then Numbers 15, 32. So if the commandments are binding still, then where are the penalties? Because there was blessing and cursing, and there was a whole lot more curses than there were blessings. So the scriptures clearly teach that the law of Moses, including the Ten Commandments, was abrogated 
are done away with, abolished by the death of Jesus. All right. Romans 7, 4, Romans 6 and 7, Ephesians 2, 15, 2 Corinthians 3, 3. So an examination of the books of Romans and Galatians and Hebrews should reveal the, 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 the preparatory, uh, the temporal nature of the covenant that came through Moses. It was a tutor. Everything was like a dress rehearsal. So the, the fact that today's world is not bound by the law or by the Ten Commandments does not imply that man is free to practice idolatry or theft or murder. No, because the law of Christ has both uh, of those those uh, those uh, under it. Okay, it, it's love. Having having made those points, we observe this. Those who wish to see any of those posted in 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 these places. They do so because maybe they are alarmed at the accelerating rate of crime and immorality that's on the rise within our nation, right? So they, you know, I believe they think that the visible presence of the laws will serve as a reminder of the obligation every person has to their creator, which is God. So it reflects a sincere effort to actually restore some sense of moral sanity to culture. And that's why I think it's an issue. And but but most people have little concept of the difference between the Old Testament and that whole regime and what then would be um obligated today which namely is the rule and reign of jesus through his new covenant under grace and the new covenant law the christ of law but we as christians we should know that we should know better and he has he has more value you know <laughs> we i think we not he we should have more valuable things to do actually and greater resources than just to get on this bandwagon of of this that or the other um uh, especially when it comes to the law and ten commandments and statements from men like andy stanley and getting on been out of shape um or to to say that the ten commandments do not apply to us today or to have the commandments posted publicly and have that to be um, a big issue, right? As well as well motivated or well meaning uh, that underlining goal or attempt would be by somebody. I think we have better. <laughs> we have a lot b uh, bigger things that we could be doing, right? So, the law of Christ. We should know that, right? It's love. Love as He has loved us. And along with that, there's many other, though, commands that are that, that, but love is everything hinges on the love of Christ. Therefore, everything hinges on, hinges on the law of Christ. But love, be imitators of God, walk worthy, be led by the Spirit because you're filled with the Spirit and love. So, no, the Ten Commandments aren't applicable today. Or, or 
binding to us today. However, if one is truly saved and loves Jesus and they've been made new, they're not going to want to do any of these things anyway. They're just not, you know, it starts to, you start to get reshaped, renewed re and transformed in your mind. Like you, you will want to honor, you will not want to have other gods or idols. You'll want to, you'll understand that he is your Sabbath rest. You'll honor your parents. You won't murder. You won't covet. You won't steal. You won't lie. You won't cheat. You won't lust. <laughs> and, and when, and, and if you do, or when you do, you're forgiven and self-examination should be should be suggested there and it should be something that you practice but it should bring you closer to him in relationship to to him to to have that renewal and transformation take place um, in those areas that need that done and need that reworked so is all these these things you know a divine obligation or requirement today no no it's not the new covenant law replaces the old it's far more superior it's grace and mercy it's reconciliation redemption forgiveness of past present future sin it takes away the sin problem makes you a new creation born from above places you in Christ and this covenant is actually between Jesus and the Father our God and him as the high priest acts as the mediator as he is the sin offering as the 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 Passover lamb and takes the blood sets it on the the seat of the ark of the covenant that holds this agreement between him and the Father that sits in the Holy of Holies in the presence of where they are at, where he sets <laughs> at the right hand of God and, and, and rules and reigns because all power and authority has been given to him. Therefore, we, we, we get, uh, we, we hear the law, we hear the gospel, and we are led to faith and faith alone grace alone and we turn away from who we are and what we did and face jesus in faith and because of that it's counted to us as righteousness and jesus accredits it all to us and to our account because we're placed for in him for eternity <laughs> and that's all between him and the father um so we don't mess it up it's in an eternal covenant of an everlasting kingdom that is unshakable unshakable and will never be removed So, taking in mind what I've said about this law of love, law of Christ, and all the things that it includes, um, 
and I just went over those, there are there's still something that I want to point out that under this law of Christ, under this law of love, the New Testament does include things that would fall under all of this, under the rule and reign of God and his kingdom. Some people don't see it like that, I don't think, but there is plenty of, whether you want to use the word law or instruction or commands, these commands are throughout the New Testament. And a lot of times it's like from a, a man like Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that is laying out guidelines. Now, some some wouldn't bat an eye at it and say, absolutely. Like, in Ephesians, be imitators of God. All right? He, he's given us something here. Be an imitator of God. Um, Jesus saying, go and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. People say this is part of this new covenant. This is what we are told to do. Therefore, we should do it. And on the flip side of that is you have a whole host of people that don't pay attention to other things that are being laid out, like the whole instruction of orderly service in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, I'm not going to belabor the point but I'm just going to point out there that when Paul starting in 26 and talks about coming together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let these things be done for building up. And then he says, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three. And each in turn... And let someone interpret. Well, this is instruction. And you could say this is a command. This is on on how to conduct an orderly service. Then he says, if there's no one to interpret, then let those people who speak in tongues in church, let them keep silent in church and speak to, to himself and to God. And then he says, let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. So, if you have no interpreter, or someone speaks in a tongue, and then there's no interpretation, then you're to disregard it. It just goes out. Forget about it. If someone stands up and says, you know, now, I would say to you today... Sometimes people will speak in first person as they prophesy. Don't know how I feel about that, but nevertheless, I, I, I'm just laying out these examples. Someone stands up, usually very loud or sternly, gives a word, and then sits down very abruptly. Well, after that happens, today in most churches, people will start to praise or shout and say, Thank you, Jesus. But Paul here says to let the others weigh what is said. And he means the congregation should have a say in discerning and asking for a witness of the Spirit if what was just said 
was from the Lord or was not from the Lord. This is to be weighed, then discussed, and then yay or nay. I don't see that going on a lot, (laughs) to be honest with you. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets for God is not a God of confusion but of peace. Now, see all of these here. This is... Um, <laughs> this this really is instruction and commands. Paul writing under under the inspiration, as I said, these are things that are under the law of Christ, in my opinion. Now, if someone disagrees with me, you, I, I do welcome your disagreement and to to explain to me why. But the new New Testament is 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 full of this. However, I think that that. Not however, sorry, but I think that's where we fail to realize. That's why so many are so quick to not follow this in Corinthians. They'll say, well, this was descriptive to the church at Corinth, not prescriptive for us. Therefore, usually a man or the preacher or the teacher will have a microphone and they'll be praying. And then all of a sudden they'll start praying in tongues and then go back to pray. And then usually they will make a mock a mockery statement, which I think is a, a is I think that's rude. I think it's disrespectful. Um, I, I I see this a lot. Well, they'll do that and go somebody. Oh, I know somebody's going to say we need an interpretation for that. Well, here's your interpretation. Praise God. It's very smart. I like and being making a mockery out of the this the, the very words of Paul here. And uh, I'm not going to say that's. A heretical thing or a sinful thing. I'm just saying that shouldn't be done. I I think that's inappropriate to do, especially from the microphone, especially if you're the preacher, um, and doing that from the pulpit. I believe it, it to, to me is disgraceful. Um. So they'll 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 say things like that, and and then. But then they'll they'll take stuff out of Matthew 10 that Jesus is telling the disciples to, hey, to go do these things. Heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. And say, well, that's for us. But that is clearly <laughs> is, a, is a descriptive, not prescriptive. However, there, there are other verses then to apply to us. Yes, I'm not saying we're not to all do those things. I'm just saying, when you get into that debate, where's the line then? What, 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 what happens at that point? And, and at that point then, it, it's, uh, you know, up for debate. But I believe that these are the, some of the things there that, that should not be dismissed. And so, it's throughout all the New Testament, as I said, and I believe these are the things that do fall under the law of love or the law of Christ. These are instructions that have been given to us by by the Lord uh, through his, his servants writing what we have in the New Testament. Now, is it law? I believe it's commands or... or um, uh, uh, 
man, I don't know, law or commands, instructions. Um, but yeah, you could say that it's law, but this is not old covenant law. This is new law given, given to new covenant believers to uh, encourage, instruct, uh, give them a better outline on how to live the Christian life along with everything else that is in uh, these letters and whatnot. Um, some don't apply. I mean, obviously, some do not apply um, because it had first century context. Uh, but there's applicability, right? One interpretation and then many applications. But when you have something like this about weighing what is said or the, the tongues and the interpretation, it seems to be, well, seems to be applicable to us today. And I believe it should be included in that law of love or that law of Christ. All right, there you go. There's another episode. I hope you enjoyed. Any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook and, um, and all that good stuff. <laughs> and as always, be a mustard seed, be loving. Thanks for listening.